Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with designer, author, and blogger, Danny DePiro. Danny is the brains behind Positively Present, which focuses on providing readers with practical advice and personal insights about living positively in the present moment. Building her brand over the last 10 years, Danny has released multiple books, a blog, and countless pieces of art that have been featured in Forbes, Glamour, Teen Vogue, and many other publications. And if you follow her on Instagram and are one of her 350,000 fans, then you have seen her work on a daily basis. Danny talks us through her internal dilemma of leaving her job to go full-time as a freelancer and gives her advice for any designer or artist thinking of doing the same. We also chat about the start of her life as a creator and everything that's followed since. I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Danny DePiro. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Danny, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and chatting with me. You're welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, to jump into it real quick. So the, the word positively present, which I know we're going to get much more into. I love that word because I realized and in looking back at your work as well and, and just knowing you as a, a creator that every morning when I wake up, if I could describe the word that I want to try to feel, it's the word positively present. I think that you you figured out a way to, to kind of capture like the ultimate goal for for a way to feel. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> tried to do when I first started the brand um, because those two things, being positive and being present, don't really come naturally to me. And even now, you know, working on it for 10 years, like I still struggle, um, as I think most people do with staying present all the time and trying to be, you know, optimistic. And so when I started the brand, that was kind of my goal is to like, okay, what, what's my like ideal state and to be positive and to make the most of the moment is really what I ideally strive to do and what I also strive to help others do, um, through my work on positively present. Yeah. And I feel like as a creator too, you know, no matter what, what people are creating, like it, there's like this ebb and flow of creativity and also of the mind state while, you know, you're living this life, either as a freelancer or whatever you're doing. I feel like it's tough, you know, like it's tough, at least for me to be fully present and even positive, like all the way through these freelance ups and downs. Definitely. I feel like, especially if you're doing any kind of work where it's not stable and consistent. Um, although I do feel like in any job, it's kind of the same thing. There's ups and downs and highs and lows. And I think the key is to try to make the most of wherever you are. And sometimes it's not a great place. And that's why I really focus um, a lot on positivity over happiness, because I think when people are struggling, whether it's creatively, financially, or just in general, I think you can't always be happy, but you can try to do whatever you can with what you have. And that's what I'm talking about when I say be positive. It's not, you know, about just being cheerful and like, you know, saying everything's fine. It's about, you know, dealing with the real issues, but also trying to have an optimistic attitude that, you know, you can at least do something with whatever you're given, even if you're not in a great place in your life or your career. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. So before positively present, like really, you know, came to life, 
were there characteristics of that that were building up throughout, like when you were growing up, like maybe when you were in high school or, or when did you like really kind of start turning the gears in your brain for that type of a mindset and also for like that type of a brand to come out, you know, through your creativity? Well, when I was younger, I was very negative. Um, one of my nicknames was Eeyore, if you're familiar with oh, no. it, kind of like <laughs> yeah. sad, gloomy, um, little donkey. So, um, it was kind of like a, a joke. I just kind of always have had that mindset and I still do, you know, but I think what I've learned to do is sort of deal with how I feel. Um, and I, fortunately had a mom and still have a mom who's the best yeah. and she's super positive. And when I was younger, it used to drive me crazy. Like she would always be trying to find the best in a situation or, you know, telling me that, you know, you can change your attitude even if you can't change the situation. And right. when I was younger and especially when I was a teenager, it would drive me nuts. I was just like, you're too much. Like you're, you're <laughs> you know, like, you're always looking for the good and things. And as I got older and older and got into my twenties, I started to be like, Hey, she actually knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And, you know, could see that, you know, obviously she, along with everybody else has difficult times in their lives, but when you handle them from a more positive perspective, you know, you don't change things necessarily, but you make them more bearable. And so I definitely learned from her, um, and it took me a long time, I think, uh, of reading different things as well as seeing her influence to really understand that, okay, this is something that is a choice. It comes more easily for some people than others. It obviously doesn't come to me as a default. So I'm going to have to work at it because I see that there's so many benefits to trying to be more positive, to try to be in the moment and not worry so much. Um, and so that's kind of where I guess the foundation came from. And then when I was in my mid twenties, I was just like at a really bad place in my life. I didn't like my career. Mm -hmm. um, my relationship was a mess. Like I just was, I was drinking too much. Like it was just kind of a hot mess. And I finally, you know, got to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to change something like internally, like nothing external, whether it's getting a new job, getting a new guy, whatever, like those things aren't fixing the problem. Like I've got to deal with my own internal state. Yeah. And that's, when I decided to start Positively Present, um, you know, back in 2009, like vlogs were all the rage. <laughs> and so that's why I was like, all right, you know what, I'm a writer. And that's what I was before I even started um, the blog. And so I was like, I'm going to just sort of track my journey and share with people what I'm going through because I'm not coming at it from a point of an expert or from somebody who's naturally like a positive person. Yeah. And I wanted to share that with other people and show them like, all right, I'm trying to be more positive even though it's not easy. Well, let's see what I can learn and see how this can go. And I really didn't anticipate when I started it to, to be like a brand and a whole thing. It just was like a, a hobby, um, which is I think how a lot of people start, you know, yeah. sort of, different career paths is it starts out something that they're passionate about and then it goes from there. Yeah. Well, because you started, um, at least the beginning process around 2009, right? Cause it was recently your right, tenure yeah. and then you were in a, in a full-time position at a job until 2012. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I was working in marketing. Um, so I wasn't doing something, uh, that I was really excited about and had intended to do. It was kind of like after grad school, I kind of fell into, doing marketing and communications work and 
you know, it, it was fine, but it wasn't, you know, for me. And so it just started this blog on the side and yeah. I was very secretive about it at first. I didn't really <laughs> want to tell anybody about it. Right. Um, and then, you know, as it started to grow, I started to be more and more open about it. And after lots of time and thought and saving money, I decided to leave my job um, and pursue it full time. Before you left, how did you, how did you manage, you know, spending time on, on both? Was it kind of your nightly and weekend project and then you would work during the day or did you put more work towards the blog towards the end of that three years and you just kind of had to, had to pull the plug? I usually did it um, on the weekends, I think. And also depending on the, you know, time in my job, like I would have time to write things or at least like jot down some notes and stuff at work. Um, so, you know, with the type of that type of work, you know, it's easy to kind of do wherever. Yeah. Um, and, but for the most part, I think I did it on the weekends. It's kind of even hard to remember now, but, (laughs) um, you know, I was so excited about it too, that it wasn't like, it didn't feel like work. Like, I feel like once you've been doing something for a long time, if you have a full-time job, it can be a little bit more daunting, but when you're just starting out, it's really exciting. And I I just really wanted to do it all the time. Yeah. And you went to school for graphic design or did you go for journalism? No, I went for, um, my undergrad, I studied English. Okay. Um, and then in grad school, I studied gender. Oh, so I did not really end up using that as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, And it's so interesting because I, you know, studied gender at a time that, you know, obviously gender's always been a thing, but yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like now it's such like a, an important, you know, topic that people really understand. They understand Definitely. like the sort of spectrum of gender and the spectrum of sexuality and stuff. And all of that was stuff that was like, kind of, you know, nobody was really talking about back when I was studying it. Um, and I actually studied, um, in particular, I focused on popular culture. So I studied um, a lot of Disney films. That was kind of my specialty Um, in graduate school. Yeah. So I talked about how genders are presented in those and how um, love and romance and relationships and stuff are depicted. So yeah, it was really interesting. I loved it. I didn't really obviously do anything uh, career-wise with that, but English, um, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I, I thought I would be doing more of a novel type of things uh-huh. like writing novels. Um, and I, there's still time. So, <laughs> you yeah. <never> know. so <laughs> right after, right after college, what was the game plan for you? Because you weren't, you weren't really blogging until positively present, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, once I left grad school that I was out in um, California going to grad school and then I uh-huh. came back to the East coast um, and just took a, an admin job, um, which led to a marketing job. So I really wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't going in looking really for my job to be my creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that, I don't know, deep down, I think I knew that I'd want to go my own way at some point, my parents own their own business. So I came from, you know, a family where my parents were home and they worked from home. And so the idea of doing your own thing and owning your own company wasn't something that was like foreign to me. Like that was kind of like, I'd like to do that. I didn't know exactly how I would or, or what would happen. I mean, things were very different when I first got out of school, like obviously we had the internet and stuff, but like blogs weren't huge. Like there wasn't the social media that we have today. So, um, which was really cool and interesting to think about like, you know, kids that are in school now, um, you know, some of the stuff that will be options to them in the future aren't even like around yet. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of don't know where things are going to go, I guess. For sure. Well, in your, in your, um, kind of 10 year recap, 
on your website, I noticed that one of the the bullet points, which is in the same vein, is is you know the word change and and kind of how changes, you know, steered the course of your life in the last ten years. And like for everybody, like myself included, right? Like there's certain things that have happened in my life and certain places that I've worked at that I just totally either disliked or places that I love that that you know changed the course of where I am today. Like how how has change like in that in that regard kind of shaped you know the Danny that we see today when it comes to everything that you put out? Yeah, well, I think one of the the biggest changes and things that has shaped sort of the whole Positively Present brand is the fact that while I was writing the blogs, uh, I got to the point where I was like, you know, using more photos and images. Obviously, people really love, you know, the visual aspects of things. Yeah. Um, And so as I was doing that, I was like, you know what? I want to get more into creating my own visuals, whether it's, you know, photographs, which is kind of where I started, or going more into the graphic design um, field. And that's when I started taking classes online and, you know, trying to figure out these programs like uh, Adobe Illustrator, which had at one point seemed like impossible. Yeah, it seems like Spanish in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you first open that and you're just like, there are so many buttons, I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, I spent a lot of time doing that and that just really led positively present down like a different path that I never would have expected. I mean, I've always been a creative person. I've always loved doodling and drawing and stuff, but I never really saw myself as like being an artist in mm-hmm. that way. I always yeah. thought it would just be words and writing. Um, and so that kind of was a change that I certainly didn't expect. And then especially when um, the iPad pro came out and you can draw, you know, much more easily on the go and, the Procreate app came out. I mean, all of that stuff was just so game changing for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, it just didn't exist before. And, um, so that's the kind of thing again, that it's like, you, you don't even know what's, what's going to come down the line. That's going to be like the right fit that will change things for you. Yeah. Um, whether it's technology or, you know, whatever else could happen, but that was definitely one of the biggest shifts. And that's when the brand sort of started going, um, a little more towards the illustrations and away from the writing. Although, you know, I, I wouldn't ever not be writing, but I do think that there's been a shift and, you know, I, I've started to realize that the whole, like, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words saying is, is kind of true. I feel like there yeah. is something that's so, especially in our culture where, you know, everything is instant and, you know, needs to be absorbed really quickly. Um, something about seeing an image or, you know, a short phrase or something really resonates with people in a way that maybe taking the time to read a long blog post might not at this point in time. Yeah. So w- when you were, when you were starting graphic design and when you were going, you know, through the trial and error of learning on your own, did you, I mean, did you have a pretty big learning curve when it comes to learning the ins and outs of the program or have you kind of just like figured out how to use Illustrator that works for you? Yeah. With Illustrator, um, you know, I, I didn't know anything at all. I, t- I think I had taken one class, um, through the company I was working for in marketing um, because we worked with a a graphic design firm. And so it was like, all right, it it would be nice if we could make like little changes in the documents, you know, without having to. So they did provide me with that one course, but I I was so overwhelmed. I really could do like the basics. Like if I needed to change text somewhere, I could do that, but that was it. Yeah. Um, So I was kind of starting from scratch um, and I did practice a lot. I mean, I really, you know, all the classes I took online, I did all the homework and, you know, really got into it. Um, So now I feel like with Illustrator, I could use it, you know, pretty comfortably. I think, 
I spend a lot more time using the app Procreate now, and I really mm-hmm. love that, but that's kind of different because it's not um, vector-based. But I definitely feel very comfortable with Illustrator, but initially it was you know, just diving in there and practicing a lot, a lot and like reading about it and watching videos. And that's a great thing about online now. Like For you sure. look something up if you don't know how to use it, you know, yeah. um, a tool in a program. But I mean, like everything, it's really practice. And now I feel very comfortable in it. But when I started out, I mean, I had no idea um, <laughs> what I was doing. And I still with Photoshop, I, you know, I know how to use it, the basics, but I wouldn't say like I'm an expert in that. Like I'm not an expert in like design programs across the board. But, um, you know, I think diving really deep into whatever product you, you know, are going to use if you're a designer, whether it's Photoshop or Illustrator, I think is really important. And also learning how to use the whole thing, even elements of it that you might not think, oh, that's not really my style or I don't use that tool a lot. Like at least knowing what it is and like how it generally works, I think is important because you never know like down the line if you're going to need it. Yeah. And do you still do a lot of work on your iPad? A lot of this design work? Yeah. That's Almost so all rad. of my work is on it. my iPad. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love the Procreate app. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, it, I don't think it would work for all design projects and it kind of depends um, because it's a pixel based app. Um, you know, you can't scale things any bigger than they are created. So I mean, there's limitations to it, but it's just so much easier and it's just so I love the like natural feel of it. you know, I'm just drawing and you can get that um, if you use some sort of tablet with a computer, but I never learned how to do that. Um, so I just, you know, I just love it. I love the flexibility of it too. Like I generally do most of my work at home, but because it's on the iPad, I could do it anywhere. Yeah. How much time are you allocating, you know, either daily or, or weekly to graphic design work compared to, to writing and, and blogging? Um, I work, you know, drawing. It's so hard because it's like kind of like a pleasure and work at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, a few hours a day definitely are spent drawing and then writing is usually probably like one day a week I spend a few hours so it's definitely shifted a lot more towards the drawing it it depends I mean if I'm working on a particular writing or drawing project it's going to be a little bit different but um I think overall I spend a lot more time drawing than I do writing yeah and then you know do you have days of super inspiration and then you have days where where you know it's kind of hard to to kind of grab the thoughts and the things that you're trying to put down on paper or, or is it kind of like a constant flow of inspiration for you Um, I think there are definitely times where I'm not as inspired as other times, but I think for me, the biggest hurdle is physically. I think I have more ideas and more stuff that I want to draw and do, but I have to kind of pace myself because it does take its toll like physically on my arm and hand. Um, because I literally could probably draw all day. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, and I have gone through periods where I did that. Like last year I was just drawing so much and I ended up in physical therapy and having to do all these exercises and no stuff all way. the time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's like anything that you, if you do repetitive motion um, or if you're, you know, typing, whatever kind of thing that you just do all the time, it can really take its toll. So I think my biggest hurdle is, you know, stopping myself and saying, all right, you've been drawing for two hours. Like you need to go do something else. Um, and not, you know, be on your phone at all, because I think, you know, that's another thing too, like the scrolling on the phone, um, 
causes a lot of like hand and arm problems too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I have to like kind of watch all of it together. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I don't really have a, a lot of trouble getting inspired and I never really had that either when I was doing more writing. Um, I think I have more ideas than I have time for, which probably sounds a little bit obnoxious to people who no, have like I love writer's it. block or something. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just being honest. Like I have so many ideas and it's just more about like the time and also sometimes the motivation because I'll have ideas, but that, you know, turning them into an actual drawing or, you know, a blog post or something doesn't always end up happening. Um, and I think that's, you know, sometimes a good thing. I think sometimes I'll have an idea and I'm like, that's so great. And then I don't get to it. And then I look at it later and I'm like, eh, that wasn't that great of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so sometimes I think the ideas you don't pursue, um, are worthwhile too, because, you know, not everything is going to be amazing. Yeah. And has, uh, cause I know Instagram has, you know, been, been huge for you and, and your growth, like in the beginning, when you were putting these up on Instagram, did you you know, did you use that as kind of a market research tool to, to figure out, you know, which way you wanted to go with certain things or, or how has that kind of shaped the brand today? Yeah. I mean, Instagram has been huge, especially over the last couple of years. Um, I think my Instagram was fine before I got into Procreate and uh -huh. illustrating as much, but it wasn't anything great. A lot of times it was like a photo I'd take in and then I would overlay some text on it and have a quote. You know, people liked it, but it wasn't like it is now where people are really excited about what I'm drawing. Yeah. Um, and so at the beginning, I didn't really use Instagram as a tool to sort of judge my audience because it seemed like it was a small portion of the audience that I had on my blog. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I feel like Instagram is much bigger than the blog. I think a lot of people that follow me on Instagram probably don't even know I have a blog. They know you have a dog, um, Barkley, though. <laughs> yes. Well, Barkley's got her own Instagram account. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but nowadays, um, I use Instagram a lot more in terms of like understanding what the audience wants. And I mean, I can tell you when I draw something, like as I'm drawing it, I can tell you if it's going to do well or not on Instagram. And, um, I know exactly what's going to do well, exactly what's not going to do well. I know the times that to post that are going to do well. And a lot of times I don't care. Like yeah, I draw what I draw and sure. I like it and I know Sometimes I'm like, I know people aren't going to be as into this particular thing, but I still put it out because I like it. And, you know, some people, it's not like nobody's interested, but um, I definitely feel like Instagram has given me such a clear read on what my audience wants in terms of topics and also what they want in terms of like the style of content. And sometimes I'm surprised. Um, there will be times where I'm like, oh, that nobody's going to really be into this and then people love it or vice versa where I'll draw something and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what people love, yeah. but then people aren't that into it. But um, with Instagram also, I do think it has to do with timing and you know, there is that algorithm there. So if it's not picked up by the algorithm and put in front of people, it's not going to get as many likes and not that likes are everything, but I do feel like it, it shows you what's resonating with people. And, you know, that's my whole goal as a For brand sure. is to connect with people and like inspire them in some way. So, you know, I want them to see it and, you know, whether they actually give it like a like, you know, on the like button or not, it doesn't yeah. really matter to me. Um, with 350,000 followers, does it ever become tough to engage back with your audience? Um, sometimes it does. Um, for the most part, people are really positive, uh -huh. um, and encouraging, which is awesome. Um, I've noticed as I've grown, 
Um, I've definitely started to get more of the, I don't agree with this comment or this is wrong or people offering their opinion when I don't ask for an opinion, <laughs> yeah. um, which is interesting because I always thought, um, as a, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, um, not exactly all the same things, but I've been on social media and stuff for a long time. And I really, you know, didn't feel like I got a lot of those haters that people are always talking about. And I was like, oh, it's just because my content is like pretty positive. Like, what are people going to say? But I think a lot of it is like the more numbers you get, the more you're going to get people um, that, you know, don't agree. And that, that's fine. I mean, I'm not posting stuff so that everybody will agree with me. Um, but I think, you know, there's also the issue on Instagram of like people sharing content yeah. and, you know, sharing correctly and sharing too much. And so there, there's a lot, of, a lot of elements of Instagram that can be tricky. But in terms of like engaging with people who, you know, have something genuine and and want to connect with me based on my content, I, I don't really have um, a problem with that um, in terms of the numbers yet. I, I'm guessing at some point it will be like, <laughs> overwhelming. Um, but you know, there's some things you just don't need to respond to that are just like, love that or whatever. But when, you know, people are telling, you know, a story or something really personal about how something I made, you know, impacted them, then I really try to get more engaged and, you know, not just give a like or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm sure your audience too, you know, like they, they all come to you as well because, you know, they want to feel positive and they want to, you know, have all these, you know, happy, great thoughts going through their feed. So I'm sure that you get people that actually are really expressing all that. Yeah. And that can be tricky sometimes too, because I think sometimes people think I'm a therapist. Yeah. Um, and, you know, first of all, I'm not. And second of all, like, I don't want to be giving people like advice that I don't know. But um, so sometimes that can be tricky because, um, you know, I want to engage with people, but I also don't, you know, want to provide information that's not right for them. I also, you know, don't have the time to, you know, be like a, a self-help guru for everybody. Yeah. Um, so there is like a fine line of like, you know, trying to interact with people and, you know, trying to judge when somebody messages me, is this going to be like a, you know, nice, kind, like quick interaction, or is this person going to be, you know, really, you know, taking a lot of my time and energy. Um, so, you know, I have to kind of make decisions um, Definitely, about yeah. who I interact with and stuff. Do you ever, um, do you ever have brands reach out to you to do work? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do have some brands that a lot of my stuff that's kind of on the back end that people don't see is with brands. Yeah. Um, and I really like doing that. So I do do some custom work for brands at mm -hmm. times. I, you know, ultimately my goal is to just do all my own stuff, but, um, in terms of paying the bills, brands definitely, um, help <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to passive income, right? Like you do, you do prints through Darkroom. you do, uh, you do some brand work and then what, what are some other forms of, uh, income that you've been able to, to use for monetization? Yeah, well, I have a number of books. So, um, through my book sales, um, that helps bring in income. Honestly, though, over over time, I feel like the the graphic design um, work and illustration work really does bring in the most. Um, and it's a lot of the stuff that is quick, which I like doing, you know, yeah. projects that you're like, all right, draw this for me. Here you go. Here's your payment there. You know, whereas like books take years and years to develop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but that's something that I want to sort of focus on more in the future is doing more books that have the illustrative elements that people see on Instagram because I haven't yet done that. I do have 
books out, but none of them really represent what people see and love on Instagram. It's kind of a little bit of a different feel. So I'm excited, you know, in the years to come to be focusing more on bringing more tangible elements, whether it's books or products of other kinds um, from Instagram, you know, out into the world. Yeah. Have you, have you found that, that, you know, the eBooks that you've written, do you find that writing eBooks is in a way just in today's world, a little bit, you know, not easier. That's not the word I'm looking for, but just a little, a little bit more easier, would like, be a a word. <laughs> easier like efficient, you know, is it a little yeah. bit more efficient than these, than these physical books that you've written as well? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think they're very different. Um, I think with the eBooks that I have that, you know, they're more workbooks and they're more like, I want people to sort of like think about things in their own life and kind of get in touch with themselves. But then there's something very appealing. I think, especially this day and age with something tangible, like a real book um, or the prints that I do at dark room, like the people have in their homes and, you know, can hold in their hands and it's not digital that I think is really cool and a little bit something that I like to see more of because as as much as I love digital everything, I I think something about having an actual item or thing that you're selling is really cool too. Yeah, I totally agree. And even coming from a photography standpoint, like I found, and I don't think I'm the only one because it, it seems to be more common right now, but a lot of physical copies and physical books are, are coming out more and more from photographers, like especially in the Instagram space. And I feel like a few years ago, it hasn't been as big. Um, so there's just something about that physical copy, you know, and as a writer, I'm sure like that's the ultimate, but that also comes with, you know, it's probably a lot, a lot tougher, like you were saying to, to get all those pieces together and to do, yeah. you know, a couple years of writing and then go through the publishing and go back and forth with the publisher and, and all that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely challenging, but I think, you know, like you said, I, I do feel like there's almost like a little bit of an uptick yeah. in, and I don't know if this is just my perception, but like of interest in actual physical things. Yeah. Um, it's like how vinyls came back. It's like the vinyl right, thing, exactly, but now it's, now yeah. it's books. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, but they're like retro, yeah. but like in a cool way. <laughs> so before all the success with Positively Present, you know, like I'm sure there's a lot of people right now that are either just starting out or want to start out. And like, they're probably afraid to take that leap because, you know, it's scary, like in the beginning of freelancing and it might even take a few years before things can get kind of stationary and, and feel comfortable. Did you have some, some ups and downs and some hurdles that you had to get over in the first few years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was fortunate to have like the support. First of all, I saved up a lot of money, which I would recommend. Yeah. Anybody is trying to leave their full-time job, like you need a lot more money than you think you do. <laughs> um, and it depends what you're doing, but I didn't even like need money to start a business. Like if you were actually starting like a store or uh-huh. something, I mean, then you got to have all that capital to, to start, you know, a brick and mortar type place. But Um, you know, I had the support of, you know, having saved a lot of money, you know, I happened to be living with somebody at the time. So my rent was super low, was Mm -hmm. able to, you know, be split, you know, I have parents that helped me. I mean, I had a lot of help. So, um, I would never want anybody to think like, oh, like she just like did it on her own and it was like worked out immediately and it was fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, it's, it's definitely been a struggle. And I think only in, in recent years has it started to really like become a more stable thing. And I think, also just with anything and in this industry, it's like it could at some point become unstable, you know, people's interests change and, you know, you have to kind of diversify if you're going to be going it on your own. So I think whatever somebody's, 
you know, creative skills are like, if you're a photographer, like doing different types of photography, maybe just to make sure like, yeah, you've got like your bases covered. And that's like one good thing about what I do. I mean, I've got books, I've got eBooks, I've got the prints. Like I try to really have a lot of different sources of income yeah, um, because nothing is, is guaranteed, but I certainly struggled for a while. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it is just, you either, you know, have help. You got to keep just pushing through. You also have to like make sacrifices. I mean, I've had to give up a lot of things like, um, spending money on things that, you know, I don't need, um, which I think has actually been good for me. And I'm actually happy that that has been part of my journey to get where I am Right. because I feel like I value things a lot less now. Like I used to be super into like having the latest of everything. And now I'm like, all right, I don't really need that. Like I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, which I think regardless of whether you have money or not, it's kind of a good attitude. Um, so yeah, I was definitely struggling <laughs> at times and, you know, because it's not a consistent thing. Um, you know, there's times where I have like a new book deal and you've got the advance on that and that's great. And then other times you don't have as much. So, um, it's all balanced, but I think the key is just, if somebody's starting out is to make sure you save as much as you can cut back as much as you can and, you know, just keep pursuing different diverse things. Like if one thing isn't working or I try a different thing, cause there's usually different avenues you can take. Yeah. And obviously it depends on your business, but um, you know, you don't always get to do everything you want to do. And like you brought up with the brands before, like I like working with brands um, depends on the brand, but you know, some of them aren't my favorites or mm -hmm. aren't exactly like what I would choose to do, but you know, you gotta do some of those things to pay the bills so that you can do what you really want to do. Yeah. And you never know where those ones will lead. Yes. You totally. know, which is, which is gigantic. Like networking in any creative field is, is so huge. And it took me a long time to, to realize that. Um, but once I did, it, it just, it makes sense, you know, and people, like people talk, people know who does good work. And if, you know, you're a down to earth person and you aren't a crazy, you know, artist to deal with, <laughs> then people will want to work with you. And that's how the ball yeah, gets rolling and, and it takes time. Stuff out there as well. Like, yes, yeah. you know, having whatever it is that you're doing creatively, like if you put it out there, people will see it. And right. you know, I got a lot of questions about like, Oh, how do you get like a lot of followers? And it's like, you really just have to do the work and put it out there. And yeah. you know, the people will find you and it sounds frustrating when you are at the beginning, but you know, it's really the only way to do it. Um, you know, is keep putting stuff out there and trying different things and be open to, different experiences because I mean, if somebody told me that I would be doing what I'm doing now, even 10 years ago, you know, it wouldn't be crazy because I've always liked drawing and stuff, but it certainly wouldn't, it would have been unexpected. Yeah, for sure. And what you've done really well too. And I feel like it's so important is, uh, really turning, you know, your work and your name into a brand, you know, like making the personal brand, treating it as a brand while you're either marketing yourself or, you know, showing your portfolio or even making your website and, and like little things like that, like they matter, you know, like you really want to put a feeling to your name and, and your presence online, which I feel like you've done so well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's one of those things where now that you mentioned that, I mean, I think that stems probably from working in marketing and uh -huh. doing a lot of branding stuff before I was doing this. And, you know, I know how important it is that like all the colors match and all this stuff goes together. And so I think that's one of those uh, examples where, you know, I wasn't in a career that I liked, but it taught me things that I've used since then. And I think, you know, for anybody who might not be in their ideal career right now and they want to do something more creative, maybe in the future, it's like try to learn stuff in whatever field you're in 
that, you know, might be helpful in the future because you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so what do you, what do you hope that people take away from your work? Even if they just pop in for a quick second and see your stuff kind of from an outside, but come in and, and get to know you, like, what do you, what do you hope they take away from, from the Danny story? I think that the most important thing to me that I want people to do is to open their mind in some way and think about things a little bit differently. I mean, one of my favorite comments that I get um, on my work is when somebody's like, I never thought about it like that before, or, you know, this is a, a different way of, you know, handling a situation that I'd never considered. And, you know, for me, just as a person, I think open-mindedness is so important. And not that everything I do has got some like, you know, deep meaning that, you know, people have never thought of before, but I think my ultimate goal is to have people sort of thinking a little bit more. I want somebody to see something that I've drawn or written and say, oh, like that made me stop and think, um, that made me, you know, maybe take a situation in my own life and apply it to that and say, oh, you know, there's a, a different way of looking at things. So, you know, what, what I hope is that it's making people think and it's making people think hopefully in a more positive and more, you know, mindful way. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so important too. It's really so important, especially as a creator, because, you know, like I was talking about earlier, there's so many ebbs and flows, as you know, right? So it's 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 really important to try to make things make things good and make things positive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to, you know, realize that like, and not everybody realizes this upon just coming upon my work, but, you know, those who've been around for a while and who read my books and stuff know that like, this isn't like coming naturally to me. Like I'm working at it and I'm yeah. working hard. And like, if I can do it and try to, you know, make my life more positive and more present than you can too. Like, even if you feel like, you know, it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to give people that sort of sense of like, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Yeah. I love it. So the, the most recent book, is it the positively present guide to life? I did. Um, after that, I did a series of four books called, um, the effortless inspiration series, which includes gratitude, compassion, living in the moment and forgiveness. Um, and I also do a planner that's called the Everyday Matters Planner, and that's the most recent thing. It's not technically a book, but mm -hmm. the amount of work that goes into it in terms of illustration and writing, it, it feels like a book every year. <laughs> um, so that's the most recent thing that's come out. And then um, I've got the one for 2020 coming out later this year in July, which is exciting because it's a new decade and I don't know, that seems like a cool thing to have like yeah. a, a planner for and, and get the year started and hopefully inspire people, you know, as we go into a new decade. Yeah. So how, how far forward are you thinking for your brand when it comes to either writing or, you know, new graphic design work or even like doing more branding work? Like how, how far forward do you think for that stuff? Not as far as I should probably. Uh, I tend to sort of focus on the more immediate projects. Yeah. I know you know, overall, what I want for my brand is, you know, to to really keep growing. I've seen such amazing growth over the past couple of years. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to getting to a point where I'm focusing completely only on my own projects um, and not doing any branding work in the future. Um, not that I, you know, I'm not incredibly grateful for those projects, but um, I would love to just do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and continue to grow, you know, through Instagram and other social platforms. But, um, yeah. And like we talked about before, like bringing more real world things. Like when I see somebody send me a picture 
of one of my prints hanging in their house. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that just like makes me so happy. You yeah. know, see something that I've made, you know, just here in my bedroom um, has inspired somebody and they loved it to the point that they went and they bought it and they got it framed and they put it up on their wall. I mean, that's the kind of thing that like I really love and, you know, I'm hoping, you know, whether it's, you know, in the form of prints or books or whatever, like just seeing things in people's homes and like them actually like being used and looked at all the time. That's really what I want to see more of um, for positively present in the future. Yes. I love it. Everything to find you is uh, Danny DePiro. That's on Instagram. Is that Twitter too? Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Positively present um, is on Instagram. That's the best place to see all my latest work positivelypresent.com is the website um there's also danny DePiro. that's a little bit more of the business side of things uh-huh. um so yeah just googling positively present is like the best way to find all of my social media yeah um and it's just at positively present on instagram which is my go-to platform of the moment i mm-hmm. love it there um so i would highly recommend checking that one out um yeah. And your website your website has the books and the ebooks as well. Yep, everything. And the blog as well as all, all the so, all the links to social um are right at the top of the site. So like if you're more of a Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr or whatever kind of person, I've got it all. So all the links are right at the top of positivelypresent.com. Awesome. I love it. And then uh you gotta you gotta plug your dog's Instagram too. Um, Barkley. Barkley the Morky is also on Instagram. (laughs) So if you like little dogs, I do a lot with her um, showcasing what I'm reading um, because I love reading. And so she's a lot she focuses a lot on books and I make her pose with them, which she's not always a fan of, but yeah. <laughs> she does a pretty good job and she gets treats. So yeah. that's good. And luckily she hasn't interrupted our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is great. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that conversation with Danny. You guys can see Danny's work on her Instagram at Positively Present or her website, dannydepiro.com. And you can check out her prints available through Darkroom at darkroom.tech. And yeah, you guys, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you reach out and say hey to Danny, say hey to us at Darkroom, say hey to me at Dane Diener. And. Like always, we will see you guys next week.